It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. And unfortunately, there are some moments where we have to talk about the negatives of the program. And after Saturday's game, it's not going to be a fun episode today, unfortunately. I try to make things as much as light as possible, but right now, there's not a lot of good to say. I mean, that's just kind of the reality of it. So, before we begin this whole cry fest of what went wrong, because... I'm just going to be honest, nothing went right on Saturday in Tiger Stadium. Make sure you grab a bowl of ice cream, grab that whipped cream, turn on a sad song. Actually, don't turn on the sad song. Turn on a sad movie. Something like Tears of Endearment or Marley and Me. That one always gets to me before you begin this show. Also, before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Locked On Aggies. You can also follow us on Aggies SI. Remember, Sports Illustrated's Aggie Maven and the Locked On Podcast Network have partnered together to give you another element of AM coverage. So Check out all of our great work at si.com slash team slash T-A-M-U and follow us at Aggies SI. And make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. It's a very simple, I'm a Mr. I'm Cole Thompson. That's all you got to know. Saturday's game. Man, what a way to end the season. There were so many things that could have happened in that game. And I think a lot of people would have been like, you know what? We didn't win. We knew it was going to be a tough environment to play in. We knew it was going to be a struggle. We knew that there was going to be some things that probably we couldn't contain. But if we do maybe X and Y and partially Z, maybe we could get there. Maybe we could be somewhat relevant. We could show we're improving. And the talent that we lost last year, such as guys as Daylon Mack, Kingsley Kiki, Jay Sternberger, we didn't need them to win this game. We were going to do it with the players that we had here. Yep, not even remotely. 50-7, final score in Tiger Stadium. Joe Burrow throws for over 350 yards, three touchdowns, and before even the middle of the fourth quarter, He's out of the game. Ed Orgeron took a timeout in the start of the fourth quarter because one, LSU was up that high, and two, he could because it was over for Joe Burrow, who I do believe is going to win the Heisman Trophy, who I do believe is going to, no matter what, get LSU to the playoffs. Win or lose Saturday against Georgia, He's going to be the number one overall pick. Ed Orgeron allowed his quarterback to say goodbye to Tiger Stadium in front of everyone at A&M. And in my opinion, good. Last season, everyone talked about how A&M ruined the college football chance for LSU. They were If they would have gone 11-1, maybe they would have jumped into 6, and then maybe we could have heard them maybe slightly sneak into the conversation as the 4 seed in the college football playoff. Instead, it was a 7-overtime game where A&M won 74-72, and everyone in LSU and Baton Rouge said, we're waiting a year, and we're getting our payback. Well, payback complete. 
Wasn't even a game. There was a lot of things that just seemed to go wrong for AM. And the problem is that I have with this overall is not that it went wrong for AM because of they weren't a better team. They weren't. I think everyone knew that. I think everyone was like, yeah, we know what to expect. This is going to be a, a pretty good matchup. Maybe AM does a few things to make it interesting, but LSU's deserving of being the favorite the way they played this season. Nah. Nah. LSU just said, we're going to put our foot on the gas and we're not going to stop. And they didn't. They didn't. Jamar Chase, over 100 receiving yards. Jordan Jefferson, a touchdown. Clyde Edwards Hilary. Once again, dominating on the ground. He'll finish, I think, second in the SEC in rushing yards, beating out DeAndre Swift. Those are things you look at and you just go, what the hell happened? And that's really it. What the heck happened? Because I don't see in any sense where there was a positive. There's one positive, and that's Isaiah Spiller accumulated 69 yards on one drive to get the lone touchdown. So it wasn't a 50 to, 50 to nothing blowout. It was 50 to 7. Take away that drive, it's a horrendous game. And now, in my opinion, there are more questions than answers up in College Station. Although I will say there are some things that when you look back on the film, maybe they are correctable. But that's an episode for another day. Later this week, I believe Friday, we're going to do an episode where we talk about the top 10 things to describe Texas A&M season. I think that's fair. That could be a whole episode where we just break down what went right, what maybe went wrong, where are some things to look forward to in the future. But the biggest thing to look forward to in the future is, in my personal opinion, this should have been a closer game. It was a poorly designed play-calling game by Jimbo Fisher. It was poorly executed by Kellen Mond. It was poorly run by the receivers. The offensive line had trouble protecting Mon, protecting Spiller in the backfield. You take away two or three really strong plays, and we're not talking about this as even a lightly game. We're talking about this as in a, wow, we look like the worst team in the SEC. And the problem is AM is not the worst team in the SEC. Vanderbilt, Ole Miss... I would throw Arkansas. I would throw Missouri right now. They're all in shambles trying to figure out where to go from here. Ole Miss has nothing going right right now. I And because of the firing of Matt Luke, which was just announced earlier this week, a lot of the players are thinking of transferring out of Oxford. That could hurt them even more. Arkansas is in shambles. We had thought that Chad Morris was the answer. Well, he's not. Barry Odom's out in Missouri. They're losing a couple of guys to the NFL draft. They're losing some of their key players because of graduation. A&M is still there. But at some point, there's got to be a turnaround. That's just the bottom line of anything. 7-5 and five is probably a little worse than I would have put A&M on the year. I think I had them finishing with a 9-3 and three record. I think that they could have beaten Georgia... I was not impressed with Georgia from the start of the season. I thought Jake Fromm lost too many weapons. And I think they could have beaten Auburn. I didn't think they were going to beat LSU. I knew they weren't going to beat Alabama. And I certainly knew they weren't going to beat Clemson. 
But nine and three was the best. Eight and four was probably the most likely. If you talk to a lot of different guys who work in the media department with uh, with me, with a lot of different other people, eight and four was probably where they were going to be. But something's got to change up in College Station real quick because of a game like that where you look like you're a team who's on a four-game win streak and turning things around and back in the top 25 rankings. You almost get a win against Georgia, and then you put up that performance. That says one of two things. One, LSU is going to destroy Georgia on Saturday. Or two, whatever game plan was called, you need to take that and burn it. Burn it all. Just get rid of it. Never bring it up. Never discuss it again. Speaking of discussing things, we will be discussing some players who are leaving, some players who could be potentially going to the NFL draft, and some guys who could be returning, giving promise for the future of AM. Locked on Aggies will be back in just a quick moment. Guys, you should treat yourself to a nice meal and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. If you're listening on the go, no worries, we got you covered. If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash sponsors. So go ahead and download that DoorDash app and spend $15, we'll pay for five, get you a nice hot meal today. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Guys, if you're not checking us out, go ahead and make sure you're following LockedOnPodcast.com. College football season is coming to a close, but college basketball season is right around the corner, which means conference play is going to be important. Not only that, you have bowl season coming up, and teams like Texas A&M, of course, Florida, and even someone like Texas, unfortunately, are going to be going bowling. Who will they be facing? Go check out LockedOnPodcast.com. You have over two dozen college channels ready and willing to speak to you about whatever's going on. And we have stuff covering the NBA and the NHL plus MLB offseason. So check it out at LockedOnPodcast.com. One of the best things about Texas A&M this season, is, besides the fact that it's over, is the limited players they could lose in 2019 Charles Oliver who was phenomenal down the stretch in the slot nickel position that was originally held by Roni Elam will be leaving because if he is a senior you have Braden Mann god we will be missing him in college station he will be leaving the current reigning Ray Guy award winner average for a career 50.3 yards per punt and was this year one of the best special teams tacklers that you could really ask for. He made six total tackles and saved three touchdowns going to the house. When you have a punter that's willing to put his body on the line to save a touchdown, you want that guy on your team. And to me, I think that when you look at everyone who was involved from award seasons and whatnot, if AM had to give out an award this year, I have no idea how you do not give it. To Braden Man. Finally, the other guy who's leaving, Colton Prater. Prater spent a lot of time on the offensive line. He mixed in between guard and center. This year, he came in for Ryan McCullum and played center. He actually was named Offensive Lineman of the Week. I believe it was against South Carolina in Week 11. So overall, that's all you're losing, senior-wise. If you lose that many guys, you're still bringing back 20 starters from the year before. Now, of course, you have to throw in 
also younger talent who maybe is taking over. Maybe throw in some guys who are going into the NFL draft. Maybe throw in all that. But right now, 20 guys of your starting 22 offense and defense could return to College Station this year. That's a very good sign. But there are some players that you look at who could either transfer or also could be headed towards the NFL draft. So why don't we start off with the big one, Justin Matabike. We already saw Daylon Mack and we already saw Kingsley Kiki go to the NFL. That was a fear that the defensive line maybe was going to take a hit because it was a little newer. It wasn't as many guys who had that much experience. Matabike was great. Matabike was actually named to the pro football focus second team all sec roster as a starter for the work he did this year he led the team in sacks with five and a half he led the team in quarterback hurries with seven uh he also had 45 total tackles on the year finishing fourth on mike elko's defense the thing that's going to stop him from going to the nfl in my personal opinion is the size no one say size i guess it would be where his draft stock lies If people consider him a top 75 pick, I don't know what he's going to get coming back here. You have guys in place who are going to be able to take over. Uh, A guy like Bobby Brown, who really saw limited action, but made the most of his limited action, could move into a starting role. You also have DeMarvin Leal and Michael Clemens, who are going to be, I think, pretty decent pass rushers. Leal especially, I think he has the chance to be probably a borderline first-round pick when it's all said and done. He could go to the NFL draft, but if he's going to be like a fifth-round pick, I could see him coming back. Another big name I look for is Buddy Johnson. He stepped up tremendously as the leader of the Aggie defense this year, led the team in total tackles. He also made some good plays in coverage. He was a little slow at times uh, in the open field tackling, so there are some issues that he's going to have to work on at the next level, but he could be another guy in what I would consider a weaker linebacking class who maybe could make strides at the next level. Uh, you saw Tara Alaka and Terrell Dodson both leave last year, go to the NFL. Neither one of them were drafted. Both ended up actually making the final 53 roster. Neither has played this season, but both made it to the NFL, and he could be the very next guy to do so. Finally, the last guy that I think that you can focus on is Jamon Osbin. If there is going to be a receiver from AM to leave, I think it would be Osmond because of he had the most production this year. He was the most talented this year. He was the reason why I think Kellen Mond trusted to throw the ball sometimes into coverage because they, they've been connecting since their freshman year. Finishes the year with over 750 receiving yards. Finishes the year with five total touchdowns. It's a deep wide receiver class, and that would be the reason I could see him coming back. Just like I don't see Kellen Mond going to the NFL because of it's a deep, deep, deep quarterback class. And there's not enough there, I think, on tape to where you look at and you can go, where does he fit? If I'm putting them in order, that's the order I think I would put them in. Maybe Buddy Johnson would actually move to one of the guys leaving. But I don't see Anthony Hines going anywhere. I don't see Keldrick Carper going anywhere. I don't see Miles Jones leaving. I don't see anyone from the offensive line leaving for sure. So, yeah, I definitely think that those are some things that you look at and you see this AM team and what they're about to become. It's a positive.
Unfortunately, with every positive comes a negative, and on Monday earlier this week, there was a player from Texas A&M who announced that he would be leaving the program to pursue a career somewhere else. Totally understandable when you hear the reasoning why and you hear what his position is. We will talk about that in just a quick moment. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson still here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, getting you ready for bowl season and closing out on Texas A&M football. As we mentioned before this break, there is a player from Texas A&M who has decided that he will take his talents to another roster due to probably the depth at his position. He was expected to be a focal point of the offense this year, especially with injuries and due to the rise of a freshman he began to see less and less reps. And with a now redshirt freshman coming in next year, he's going to see even less. So you can probably guess which player that is, and that is sophomore tight end Glenn Beal. According to reports from 27sports and AL.com's Matt Zenitz, Beal will be leaving the program after two years. He was a three-star recruit coming out of New Orleans, had 19 Division I offers, and originally planned to go to the University of Tennessee, before coming and visiting College Station, liking what he saw with the direction of Jimbo Fisher and officially signing on with the Aggies. He will finish his career with five catches for 21 yards. He was expected to be a predominant blocker this year because of his size, but with the emergence of Jalen Weidemeyer and walk-on tight end Ryan Rennick, he began to see less and less reps. He started the first two games against both Clemson and also against Texas State. From there, he really didn't see much, much actions till late in the fourth quarter against teams like Lamar and UTSA. And so you can't really blame the guy for wanting to pursue a career. I mean, three stars coming out of high school... That's a pretty good sign that you're going to be a productive product for a team and you want to boost your stock for the NFL if you end up making it there. With the now Baylor Cup coming back, who was a five-star recruit, who was originally supposed to be the starting tight end before Jalen Weidemeyer got in, and now Weidemeyer going to be probably a physical threat in the vertical game for Kellen Mond or Zach Calzada, whoever is the starting quarterback next year out at A&M. Beal leaving makes a ton of sense. You don't want to be the guy who's caught down on the depth chart because of players are better than you. And the fact of the matter is, Weidemeyer is now second all-time for tight ends in touchdowns in program history after one year. He actually led the team as a freshman in total touchdowns with six. Rennick's been pretty good as a blocker, and Cup is pretty much a do-it-all, exactly what you wanted from a Jay Sternberger-type player, originally supposed to be Sternberger's long-term replacement. Beal... Leaving is not going to hurt the program, in my personal opinion, and he's going to get an opportunity somewhere else. So thanks, Glenn, for all you did for two years in AM. We will miss you in the maroon and white, but we wish you nothing short of a great career wherever you end up. I think he's going to stay in the SEC. I think a team like Missouri, who's losing their tight end, Albert Ugunwanji, however you say his last name, it's so hard to pronounce. But whoever that guy is, he's leaving for the NFL. They're getting a new head coach. They're going to need a new tight end. They're known for developing tight end talent. They're known for bringing in guys who know how to play the position. I could see him going there. Maybe he goes to Notre Dame. I know Notre Dame's tight end is also leaving. He could stay in the SEC. Ole Miss is an option. Maybe you throw him in with Alabama. I don't see him going to maybe LSU. Tennessee would be great because if he almost went there to begin with and Jeremy Pruitt could probably find a way to use him. They're losing some guys to the NFL draft. They're going to lose some guys due to seniorship. So overall, 
I think that we will not see the end of Beal in the Southeastern Conference. Let's just go with that. But he is no longer going to be a part of AM. But there's promise for the future with Weidemeyer, Rennick, and of course, Baylor Cup. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked On Aggies, at Aggies SI. Check out all of our great work at si.com slash team slash TAMU. I know it's a mouthful. So if you want, just go to college football and click on the Texas AM link. It'll take you right to Aggie Maven. And follow me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Again, my name is simple. I'm Cole Thompson. I am a man. I'm a mister. At Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and at Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow's show, we will be previewing maybe some of the teams AM could be facing in bowl season. There's four or five games that AM is probably going to go to, which means that there's probably about seven or eight teams who could be in the running to face AM when it comes down to bowl season. We will be discussing that on Wednesday's show. This has been Cole Thompson with Locked on Aggies. We will see you tomorrow, same time, same place. And Remember, Yegum y'all, this has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.